0: Hello, Richard. So you're auditioning for the part of Anton? Yes, it's a marvellous opportunity for me. Do you know what this project is about? Well,
1: my agent didn't fully explain. Well, you see, the BBC were so impressed with Andrew Ireland's reimagining of Mission to the Unknown that they decided to do their own and have a crack at the enemy of the world.
2: Yes, it's a co-production with some podcast called Something Who. Never heard of them myself. No, nor me. Now in this story the character of Anton is
0: Australian. Can you do accents, Richard? Yes, yes. I have a range of northern. Hey up lads. Have you got a cup of tea for me, whippet? Hey, hey, calm down, calm down. Dido do don't you do
1: Yes well that's very good, but we're not looking for regional accents. No, that's not the way we do things at the BBC. Oh. Although that second one did sound a lot like that chap I saw on the One Show in the Indiana Jones fancy dress. What was his name? Paul Morris or something? No, he's too well known. Anyway, it'll come to me.
2: Now, Richard, can you read out the
0: dialogue in front of you, please? Certainly. Struth, guys. Smoko's over. It was definitely him. What are yous doing? Don't let that blonde Sheila Astrid get away with him. No, no. With an accent. Oh, no. Yorkshire or Scouse?
2: No, no, no. An Australian accent. Like this. Struth, guys. Smoko's over. It was definitely him. What are yous doing? Don't let that blonde Sheila Astrid get away with him.
0: Oh, oh, I see. Can you do it? Oh, easy. Struth, guys. Smoko's over. It was definitely him. What are yous doing? Don't let that blonde Sheila Astrid get away with him. Brilliant. You've got the part. Oh, super. Super, does that mean I get to film in Australia? Oh, goodness me, no. This is the BBC.
2: We'll use CSO to make it look like you're in Australia. No one will be able to tell the difference.
1: Oh, I've just remembered what that chap's name was. It wasn't Paul, Morris. It was Ian Levine.
0: Good morning and welcome to Something Who. It's our Australian version here this morning. So I, I've got uh, a couple of people to join us. Firstly, a new recruit to Something Who, Kieran. Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? Well, it's uh, it's absolutely splendid, thanks. And uh, Mike? Yep. hi. How are you, Richard? How are you, Kieran?
1: Good, good.
0: It's good to be here. Excellent. So we've we've gone down such a storm in Australia. Well, you absolutely. Know, <laughs> some people have listened there that we thought we'd do a special. Plus, Mike wasn't getting to to join us very often because of the awkwardness of the timing. So, uh, so yeah. So we've 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 asked Kieran and Mike to join us for for an Australian special this morning to to talk about two stories in classic something who fashion, the enemy of the world, largely set in Australia, and the pilot from the Capaldi era, which touches down in Australia briefly and we'll we'll use the Australian theme certainly as a as a peg to start the discussion, but I'm sure there'll be there'll be plenty of other things that we end up talking about along the way. Hmm. Yes who wants to kick us off with some initial thoughts about enemy of the world and its its australian setting and uh, and so on?
1: Well, I just watched it again today yes, and I was surprised how um having only seen episode Three for Donkey's Years. One, how much better it was overall than just having watched episode three, but also sure. realizing that um, the Australian character in episode three isn't actually in Australia.
0: Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> the chef. Yeah, it, it's, it's 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 utterly bizarre, isn't it? Because I because I I thought, hang on, he, he does sound Australian, and I looked mm. him up, and yeah, you know, he he is. But you're right. What's he doing in Central Europe?
1: Yeah, he's from Wollamalu apparently.
0: And yet the guys who are, who are supposed to be from Australia probably aren't. Well, I mean, at least, you know, the actors.
1: Yeah, is, do we know if the actors uh, are Australian for the chef and the first three guys?
2: The guy that plays Rod, I think, it's, I think it's Rod, is from New Zealand, which is why his accent's probably a bit better than the other two. But the yeah. other two aren't at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The funny thing is also about episode three that there's another Australian uh, actor in Episode three, not playing an Australian at all, which is um, uh, the guy playing Federer, uh, David Nettenheim. So, oh, right. he, oh, right. yeah, he was Australian. So, <laughs> 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 uh, basically, he and um, Reg Lye playing the chef, who's playing it as an Australian yeah. chef, and of course, Bill Kerr,
0: even though he was born in yes. South Africa, is Australian. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's about it, really. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Reg Lye genuinely is Australian. Yes. Or, or was yeah. so so yeah so you so it's a bit like the film Highlander, where you get Sean Connery who's Scottish playing the Portuguese guy, yeah, and uh, and the guy who's Christopher Lambert who's French playing the Scotsman. Yes, um, and it's all a little bit confused. I yeah, mean, I, I, I'm saying this like you might have seen it, Kieran. I mean, it, I realise it's probably made before you were born, but yeah, there oh, we go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> true So I mean, I, I had a look at um, at the Australian setting. So. They have a, a map in in um, episode one which mentions Cape Arid. Mm. Cape Arid is a real place in Western Australia, according to Google Maps, anyway. Not really? Um, although it's it's some way to the east of Perth. I mean, I think it's when I, when I say that it's in your neck of the woods, Kieran. I, I mean, it's probably a thousand miles away, no. but but it is it is in Western Australia. Because
1: doesn't the map zoom in on the eastern states though? That she's the one that she's looking at.
0: Yeah, I think it does. It looks like it ought to do, hmm. but I think it's just I think it's just a bit that's protruding out of the bottom that, that that is in fact on the west coast because cause, uh, cause, yeah, no Cape Arid is definitely yeah. over that side. Also, I checked to see if there was such a place as Kanoa, and there and there isn't, but there is a place called Canona, which is also in Western hmm. Australia, although again a long way away. We've got a Quinana near here, but not a yeah. So you
2: think that uh, David Whittaker just looked at an atlas of uh, Western Australia and went, "Oh, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do"? I think potentially, yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Although, interestingly, David Whittaker also lived in Australia, although not until after he'd made this um, this story. Yes. So I don't know if he'd if he'd visited beforehand or or whether that was a um, he may have done just a, a later thing. But yeah, I mean, the other thing that happens as the story goes on is that the places seem to get. Pushed together a bit. I mean, at the start, you need a helicopter ride to get from the beach to Astrid's home, mm. but by the end a salamander can walk from the Canona base to the TARDIS. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I, I, I think possibly this, the sense of scale of Australia is a little bit lacking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. and when you look at the filming locations it's interesting that um, the power station that they show is um, mm-hmm. Dungeon S power station that you see in the cause of Axos. And the yeah. beach, yeah. which is Climping Beach, gets used again uh in Terror of the Zygons for a Scottish beach. So I think the BBC <laughs> just considers <laughs> that foreign beach, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that's also in Kent, is it? I think so.
1: Klimping I think beach. I'll have to look at it. it's on the yeah. south coast.
0: I think I mean Kent does tend to be the place that mm. they go to from London, or although occasionally later on they, they headed as far away as Dorset. But mm. it's just where the local quarry yeah. was, wasn't it, usually? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they wanted to go somewhere, you know, to represent Yorkshire, then they went to Dorset. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Australia, you know, Kent will do fine for that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, my initial observation is it looks it looks kind of a windy, windswept beach for Australia. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not all that familiar with beaches in Australia. I don't, I don't know how you felt about how, uh, how accurate that might have captured uh, the look of a beach in Western yeah. Australia.
1: Well, I have to say I don't mm-hmm. often go out to the beach because of my ginger hair and fair skin, I'll get very, very <laughs> easily. But no, it's, it, I think they're very different. They're, the type of grass they have on that particular yeah. beach is sort of very unusual from what I've seen.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's classic, uh, it's sort of marram grass and it's classic sort of Lynx golf territory in, oh. in, in the UK. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't think we're, we're really... At least
2: there were no the stones there, on the are, beach, are I guess.
0: Um, mm. At least that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got the fantastic and dancing across the beach and jumping in the sea, uh, mm. which we knew about from the audio. It is long drum. That, that's a wonderful scene. But we, we didn't really, uh, and I suppose there were some telesnaps too, but we didn't really get the sense of what that was like mm. until the story came back. There were no
1: telesnaps for episode four, so that was a good episode right. to have back. But yeah, the other ones mm. all had yeah. telesnaps. So does the Doctor just wear those really long underwear all the time, does he? Just in case he comes across the beach. It might be a bit hot. Is that something everyone in England
0: does? Or am I unaware of it? Yeah. Uh, only when going to the beach in the middle of winter. Oh. Um, so he was fantastically prepared then. Yeah, I mean, if you think about uh, Seeds of Death, when they, they turn the temperature up in the moon base, if he, was, if he was wearing long johns then, he'd have been in trouble, wouldn't he? Yeah. true. Yeah, I, I think as 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 Paul would have would say, it's a contrivance mm. um, for the plot. But uh, yeah, we wouldn't want it to see a uh, trapping in this altogether. <laughs> no. no, no. Well, no. maybe some people would.
2: No, not in family tea time slot. No, not
1: on the BBC. so.
2: No. Episode one's Stop. very. Um, it's very much like sort of setting the scene to be very Bond-like, isn't it? Because you've got hovercrafts and helicopters and all sorts of. Mm. Um, Kit that would become a little bit more familiar mm. a bit later on when unit come along. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of like a bit action packed and and stuff. It's it's interesting because it's a little bit of a departure, of course, from the rest of the stories of that season, which mm. were just full of monsters. Here we just have a human monster, I guess. But it's um, it, it, watching episode one the first time I watched it, I thought, no, oh, oh, this is oh. a little bit different. Mm. And, you know, there's a bit of blood when Astra gets shot and things like that But you're not used to in Doctor Who, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was very interesting, that, that sort of thing. Um, there are a couple of other things I'll raise later uh, um, that stem from the whole story, story as a whole. But, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, certainly better than I would have thought it would have been based on episode three. And I think we're probably mm. all like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a tour de force for Barry Letts, isn't it? it yes, it is. You, you get you, you get the fantastic stylistic Absolutely. touch of the helicopter taking off from the beach, mm. and you actually see it from the point of view of the helicopter. That's yeah, that's particularly special. And and, and it's it's clearly not stock footage because you can see yes the the uh, the Stooges kind of wandering around on the beach, looking a bit puzzled. Yes, which yes. is which is rather nice. You, you I mean, it's it's an actual hovercraft, and, yes. and I think they dis- they describe the the circumstances of that on the special mm. edition DVD. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's it, it, there's proper hardware involved, which I suppose is, is a call mm. forward then to Let's his own era when he starts using stuff like that. Planet yeah. uh, apparently the spiders in particular. Mm. Mm. And also
1: his his use of back projection in I think it's mm. episode two. Yes, where yes. Where they have the shot of what just looks like a nondescript shot of a park. It could be stock. Yes. So then later on, you see the same shot with Fraser Hines in it. Yes. they Filmed it at, at Warpole Park. Mm-hmm. and uh, you sort of think why did they go to all the trouble of doing the filming and then setting the scene in studio with the back projection, why not just do one or the other but I think it comes into you know, Letts' use of technology which sort of then turns into the CSO yeah. that he has in the purple era
0: Yes you're right, it, 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 it's 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 precisely like the, the use of CSO later Yeah, it's, it is interesting Mm. Yeah. and we've got we've got mary peach who's uh south african i think yes i'm not quite sure whether she's supposed to be australian or just she's you know no state whatsoever
2: no she's it's it's funny that you mention that because um for australia there's an awful lot of uh english people there just thinking maybe yeah. it was set in 2020 <laughs> after they all fled after the 2019 election that's right <laughs> no, election. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. but no
2: there's an awful lot of them like there's the the three guys in the hovercraft and then there's Giles Kent and then there's um, I think it's uh, Bennix Sergeant sort of sounds Australian sort of and that's about it really the rest of them are all sort of English hmm. so yeah. yeah so I think Mary Peach is definitely meant to be English hmm. so yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah well I suppose there's not a lot of people in the in Hungary um, you know sound Hungarian no in the Central European zone so.
0: no no. Now you've you've got a very you've got an excellent um, generic accent out of a, a couple of them, haven't you? Mm. Sort of, you yes. know, it's it's definitely BBC Central European from the nineteen sixties. <laughs> yes, yeah, with 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 no particular state in mind. I think. Mm. I guess going back to to um, Barry Letts, there's also a nice bit where he shoots through the marum grass briefly. So that's another nice little stylistic touch when he's filming. Mm. You, you 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 get. A sense of um, Troughton's personal Magnetism about halfway through the episode When he's talking sort of one on one with Mary Peach and a number of people Kind of saw this as, as The Doctor kind of hitting on, on uh, Astrid I must say I never took that Reading from it myself but, I, but, it, but Nonetheless you do get that kind of Sense of, of the, the, the mm. Warmth of the character
1: Yes, I think there might be something to be said for It might have been Patrick Troughton
0: uh, Hitting on Mary Peach <laughs> <laughs> no, Very so. likely. No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's uh, he has some of rep- a yeah. So the reputation, didn't he? It's ve- yes. sort of the
1: same thing in the Web of Fear, the story after with uh, Anne Travers. Okay. Yes. yes. A similar sort of mm. uh, chemistry there.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then you get you get the filmed section of Troughton as Salamander talking about the sun catchers and the back plot which doesn't really ever get mentioned again actually in the story but it kind of establishes Mm. what his character is about. It's probably the bit in which you know Troughton is made up to be the most sort of foreign looking I mean the makeup seems to vary a little bit throughout the course of the story but certainly in that one he's he's they've made Again, yeah. an attempt to to uh, well, I don't know what what they were going for, but but certainly uh, they've darkened his skin. I think they were going for the swarthy look. I think they bunged a sort it. of monobrow. Although yeah. I mean, Tar- Trout in any way is 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 a little bit like that. I mean, you know, he's, he's he's got a dark darkish complexion. So I mean, I think he could probably have pulled off the Spanish look without having to to you know, they're the helping hand of the of the makeup brush. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it probably would have been alright. But certainly, whether it's in that film section, uh, you know, in episode one, where they're watching him on the screen, can't tell if it's stronger makeup or if it's just the, the quality of the film yeah. looking a bit darker with the projection there. But um, yeah, certainly throughout the story, the, the level of makeup does seem to vary. Mm. Uh, so, and between like whether it's actually Salamander or the Doctor as Salamander.
0: Yes, I guess we'll come to that because we seem to get just about every combination of that, don't we? Yes. Um, of, yeah. Of, of, of each of them playing the other at some point. Uh, he reminds me a little bit, perhaps, of the middle-aged Sevi <laughs> <It, it>, Um <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure the accent's quite there, but but the but the the mannerisms and and, and the kind of general look. There's there's been some discussion of, of you know quite how how good Troughton tra- 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 is with his foreign accents. The, the German accent in the Highlanders doesn't seem too different from this, but I think yeah, I think he. I think he could have pulled it off but it is I mean definitely uh, for the, for the 60s audience I think definitely now it's a, it's a little bit broad.
2: Yes.
1: I mm. think there's any particular reason why they chose Mexican as the char- as a you know the nationality for that character over you know French or anything.
0: Yes, I mean I was I was pondering that myself. I don't I don't really see there's any particular reason for him to be Mexican. I mean he could have been English or indeed any. I mean unless it's that the audience would accept a Johnny foreigner. As as a uh, as a villain more readily than than a terribly nice English ch- chap. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it's also someone somewhere fairly exotic, at least to UK audiences. So yeah, it's yeah. something that they can go, oh yeah, yeah, and they can believe that someone totally different from the Doctor as well.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. there's that's certainly that, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I suppose it would. The makeup and the look of the character would come into it yeah. to make a, a visual distinction. Yeah.
0: Mm. And uh, the actor playing Bruce, is he Is he a genuine Australian? No, Colin Douglas, no, no, no.
2: I was going to talk about this um, because well. he bobs up later, much more famously, as um, uh, Reuben in Horror Fang Rock, um, where he's even no, gruffer course, than he yeah. is here. Region, yeah. yeah, where he's even yeah, more yeah. Um, gruffer than he is here. So I think yes. he's English actor, I believe. He's um, mm. quite tall, though. In that scene at the end, when uh, Troughton comes out as Salamander and you know, says, the you know what you doing here, Bruce? He's about a foot taller than him. So there's like a contrast yes. in the size there, which was the first mm. thing I noticed. I went, oh.
0: So he's a fairly tall guy. I think he's I think he's quite, a, his character's quite good. I mean, he has a, a believable journey through the story, I think. Yes, from, yes, he from does. From very suspicious through through to um, sort of accepting there's something odd going on. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, very convincing. Yeah.
0: Mm. There's a lot of rockets flying around in in this story. I mean, uh, uh, so apparently it's two hours by rocket to get from Australia to Hungary. Mm. Also interesting. Yeah, we that... never see these rockets. No, no, indeed. But but we also seem seem to have Astrid and Salamander going back to Australia on different rockets. Yes. Uh, after the the action in, in in episode three, which makes you wonder quite how many rockets there are. Yeah,
2: it does jump around a bit too, doesn't it? Um as far as the story is concerned one minute they're in australia then they're in central european zone then they're back in australia and then everybody comes back to australia so it's kind of yeah it's an interesting Mm -hmm. sort of scenario it doesn't stay in one spot and salamander Mm -hmm. being mexican doesn't go anywhere near mexico at all and seems to be based in australia
0: Well, I guess he's 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 sorted out Mexico and he's got some henchman in charge of that, and now he's conquering the True, rest of the he's, world. True, and he's
2: got you know he started up with Giles Kent, so you know Kent was in Australia, so you know it's probably why. Yeah, yeah. so. mm. It's where it all started.
1: It sounds like the the rocket line, the you know the bit of dialogue about there being rockets just is to cover the idea that they can get from any part of the world to any part of the world from scene to scene. Yeah, yeah. And so they don't have to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> because it's the future, you know. Yeah, we have rockets. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We can go anywhere.
2: Yeah, two two hours two hours to Hungary from Sydney or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. It's another contrivance. I mean, it's interesting. That, I mean, the the, um, the future technology is, is quite patchy, isn't it? You get um, you get phones that seem to need an operator and suffer from sunspot problems. I mean, it's quite a nice touch in a way that, to, to think yeah. that, that sunspots might be an issue, but it just isn't the case these days. We don't use satellites. Yeah, they're just using the MBM, no. That's why. <laughs> Well,
2: yeah,
1: I mean, this is all in the past now as well. Yes, hmm. a year in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, we've we've got we've got the infamous disused Yeti line. Yes, I mean it's a nice bit of humour, but it, but it, uh, until I suppose Web of Fear comes out the following few weeks, it seems sort of been plucked from nowhere. Mm. Well, how long was this after Abominable Snowman? Yeah, you're right. I suppose ten or twelve weeks, something like that. Yeah, or maybe not even that actually. There's ice warriors in the way, isn't there? So, so maybe it was just snowmen, ice warriors, and then this, wasn't it? So. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're right. So maybe, yeah, maybe only six or seven much. weeks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fraser Hines, I think, actually sounds Scottish in this. Yes, he does actually. Um, yeah. he's, he's got quite a nice accent. I think. I mean, I, I, again, I think his his accent varies a little bit over the course of his portrayal. But in this one, I thought, yeah, no, he's he's. I mean, it may it's not a Highland accent, but it's certainly a Scottish accent. Yeah. And he does discuss that that he, that he moved it sort of lowland Scots so that people could understand what it was he was saying. Yeah, that's one of his convention
1: anecdotes these days about how he shifts his accent over time.
0: <laughs> Which is not
1: something I can say I've ever noticed, but um, I don't know a lot of Scottish people to know, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean the classic, I suppose, is um, James Dewan being Scotty. I mean, uh, that's absolutely all over the place in Star Trek. So, <laughs> I mean, Fra- Fraser is English, but he does have... Scottish relatives So I guess Yeah he's, he's well, He doesn't he, overplay he, he it Either the like Yeah the,
2: Ooh it's too either do Type sort of Scottish <laughs> accent yeah, yeah. He does sound very Scottish here It must be said He does He doesn't even
1: say uh, We
0: no. Very much Does
1: Jamie No oh, no. oh, Although oh Bruce I, does I, In this story yeah. He
0: does yes Yeah Yeah it's interesting mm. There's a lot of Stock footage When we hit the Volcano bit as well Oh yes Um Yeah
1: a lot of Stock footage that Has been in Doctor Who At other times Yeah well.
0: Because you get the uh,
1: volcano footage, which shows up in Inferno as the, yeah. the, the title yeah. footage, and some of the houses being destroyed is in uh, the Dalek Invasion of Earth early on. Yeah, pretty good. And probably some other things I expect. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: It is remarkable, actually, how small a pool of stock footage there seems to be. I mean, often when you watch news broadcasts in the UK, there's a, there's about three bits of film they show you whenever they're talking about something. It, it, it uh, it's not as broad mm. as you imagine it might be. It's, it's funny that
2: yeah. it's, it's not just um, footage that's reused here. It's um, actors. There's a lot of actors who started their Doctor Who career in this story and then went on to many other stories. Hmm. Andrew Staines, who is Barry Letts's nephew, I believe. He plays Bennick's sergeant. He was uh, Googe in Terror of the Autons. He was the guy that ended up in the lunchbox. Uh, he was the captain in, oh, no, he was captain in Carnival of the Monsters. And he was one of Mm -hmm. Lupton's chanting chums in um, Planet of the Spiders. And they were all directed by his uncle. Uh, Colin Douglas, of course, we've said, was in Horror of Fang Rock. Christopher Burgess, who also was in a lot of Barry Letts' ones, who played Swan here, he was in um, Terror of the Autons, and he was also one of um, Lupton's chanting chums. Uh, Who Mm -hmm. else have we got? Uh, We've got Milton Johns, of course, who's uh, first time here, playing who's quite sinister here as Bennick. Uh, later on he's mm-hmm. pretty naive as Guy Crayford in uh, yes. the, Android, the Android Invasion and then he's the Craven Castellan in Invasion of Time and George Pravda, who plays Denish, uh, he was in The Mutants and then he was the helpful Castellan in uh, The Deadly Assassin. So mm. all these people um, started uh, their Doctor Who sort of um, career in this story and they went on to be in at least more, one story each, uh, some of them in multiple yeah. stories. So yeah, it's reuse, reuse, I think.
0: I guess it's handy to have Barry Letts, um, you know, in your court when when it comes to seventies Doctor Who. Yes, yes, yeah. And isn't this Barrylet's first thing as well on Doctor Who? Yes. Yeah, yeah. certainly as a director. Yeah. yeah. Oh I, no! I, I tell you what I was going to say. Victoria peeling potatoes in the kitchen. Mm. It's it's the uh, you, hey, all you those buds. Get... Yeah, now. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, you, got, you get Sarah Jane peeling potatoes later on, uh, in, infamously in the. Um, nice time warrior Uh, time warrior yes Uh, also the 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 doctor i mean it seems a little bit out of character that in most situations he jumps in jumps to a conclusion and sort of starts you know uh, uh, causing mischief all over the place and this one he's got an extraordinary burden of proof that he requires before he'll do anything Uh, it's it's almost like he's become a solicitor yeah it's
1: yeah they spend a lot of time with the doctor saying i need more proof of this you know how can I believe you entirely? Yes, and it does sort of drag on a little bit. It's because he doesn't
2: mm. trust Giles Kent, I think, is the main reason. Yeah. Um, I think you get that sort of impression uh, most of the way through it, that he just doesn't yeah. quite believe that mm. Kent's what he is or what he says he wants and stuff like that, which, of
0: course, he turns out to be right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's a good instinct, I suppose. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we, we might do that. I mean, I suppose we might also cynically say it's a good opportunity to lock him in a cupboard for two or three episodes when he's actually mainly being Salamander yeah. yeah yeah well I suppose
1: in the first episode when he gets locked in a cupboard for a bit to get changed into Salamander yes that whole yeah. scene comes about because Kent tipped off Bruce that he was around yeah the doctor so you do sort of think immediately you've given yourself away as like kind of a bad guy yeah yeah, yeah. for doing that yeah, yeah.
2: certainly yeah. makes you look a bit dodgy doesn't it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even Astrid says, you know, that's a dangerous thing to do. Mm.
0: Fraser and uh, and Debbie seem to have a, a week off when it comes to episode four. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, presumably individually rather than together. But, but, I mean, I guess it's it's relatively plausible that they're sort of drugged in and out of the scene conveniently, I suppose. Because mm.
1: they were just taken prisoner by Salamander and Benick for that time, I think.
0: Yes. Yeah, indeed. For in episode
1: four. Mm. They have a good scene in episode five when they come back where um, Bennett's interrogating them, yes. interrogating Jamie and holding Victoria for ransom sort of thing.
0: Mm.
1: Very good um, good bit of Jamie being you know, defensive when uh, when he threatens Victoria mm. and he goes, you lay a finger on her and I'll kill you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Even though it falls apart immediately. Yes. <laughs> you can't kill him. <laughs> and, but he does get to punch—is it David Trouton in the gut at that point,
0: playing one of the guards? Yes, very good. Mm. So there's someone else who comes back. Yes, I forgot he yeah. was. I
2: forgot he was in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And, and, and you get this this um, interesting change of pace in the story, don't you, in, in episode four? So, so um, as you say, it's, it's very much been the sort of spy story through until about halfway through episode four, and then you get this. Change of pace with um, tracking going underground, and suddenly it becomes well. I mean, I, I suppose with James Bond, you do still get the villain in the underground lair, but nothing perhaps quite as extraordinary as as um, trying to um, shift the earth's geology. Yeah, yeah. It's never really explained how means. they do
2: that, is it? Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> reminded me a bit of um, the, they sort of reminded me of an Invasion of the Dinosaurs, the Starliner people. They're not quite as. Naive as they are, yeah, exactly. But they do remind me of them that they're a bit Collins getting all hot-headed every five minutes. You, uh, mm. Probably needs to calm. Slightly delusional. Yeah, he seems mm. seems to get very overwrought quite a lot. It's like, calm down, calm down, calm down, yeah. fella. Mm. Um, mm. And Swan sort of swanning about in his kung fu fighting gear. It's <laughs> yeah. costumes are interesting for them because they're nothing like anybody else's costumes in the story. As if to give them some kind no. of futuristic look, even though they're not. Well, in the you've
1: got to think: where did they get them? From? Oh yes, underground. Well, did they make them themselves.
2: I suppose well, so. Salamander and Giles yeah, Kent made them for them, I guess. I don't
0: know. They're they're, they're team underground shelter, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. so So they're wearing their uniforms. Yes. Mm. There's there's a lot of interesting stuff around this. So so you get you get the bizarre. Records room that's got a hidden lift shaft in it that nobody seems to have questioned yes. in the middle of a research station. Mm. you know, that locks from the inside. Mm. Double locks. Uh, you've, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Whatever that means. You, I mean, uh, uh, you've, you've then got this bizarre thing where where Troughton jumps on top of this machine and then it flips through ninety degrees to take him down, which is you know it's a lovely bit of of um, technology. But you wonder why he wouldn't just have gone into it standing up to go down. Yeah, uh, it's uh, an impressive you know thing to
1: have in the studio though,
0: it is yeah that yeah yeah and, and lovely move, lovely I lovely, lovely film work as well of of, of him then descending yeah. in, in yeah. the um in the pod thing so so yeah i mean it is it's very very impressive it's just a a, a little bit hard to explain why it would be like that mm. Mm. and then you get the extraordinary scene of, 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 uh, of salamander sitting in his office smoking a cigar while the people outside are, are um Running around sorting stuff out, it's, mm. you know. It's, again, it's yes. a it's, it's, it's a nice little character touch. Yeah, and I sort of worry about the ventilation down there as well. Yeah, that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, it's another thing they haven't thought about with it being uh, 2018 or something. That it um, definitely would be up for um, a workplace tribunal. Uh, smoking. <laughs> yeah, it's a health and
2: safety violation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't in the 60s though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it changes tack quite quickly and it's all, all of a sudden it's about the people down below and what are they yeah. doing and why are they doing this and why are they swallowing everything that Salamander's told them. Uh, they allude to people who've gone back who you assume uh, Salamander has bumped off on the way back. There's only really three characters underground that you actually have any sort of interaction with. Um, Swan, mm. Mary and Colin. Uh, Mary seems very calm and... What not, Swan seems fairly calm until he finds out about Salamander, and you know Collins about gets overwrought and loses his head every five seconds. So there's interesting character pieces there that he and Mary and they're sort of like yin and yang a bit, sort of that contrast there. I find that interesting, and also the sets and the thing like the the fake Geiger counter
0: and all that other sort of stuff. I mean, I, th- I think the whole thing is quite. I mean, the, I think the sets. Uh, you know for for 60s doctor who i think they you know they're on the better side yes um, it does it does become a very small story mm. all of a sudden you know you've got a very broad story in episodes 1 to 4 you've got the shooting of of fario we haven't mentioned that yet but mm. you you've got that kind of them surrounding the building and you've got a sense of it being played out on a very broad stage and then the last two it's very much around the research station um and just a few key characters yeah it doesn't seem that salamander's got anyone else to call upon when it, when the chips are down oddly no yeah
1: the the story does seem like one of those four parts followed by a two part in that respect. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah that you get yeah. later on holiday liner sinks it being is is the um the newspaper headline that, uh, that that does swan in
2: yes well the, it's it, funny that
0: that's what does it in the end <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And I had a look at that, It's uh, it's got last year's, when he, you know, Swan says, look, last year's date, it does have August something 2017 on it. Right. So there is the correct bit of detail there.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: But otherwise, the, uh, uh, the, the boxes that that bit of newspaper was attached to, very mm-hmm. plain, with just like one word that says, you know, meat, or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> fragile milk. So yes. You get... Yeah. yeah. Very very good attention to yeah. detail on the bit of newspaper. Mm. Not so back yeah, yeah.
0: The back. yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's um it's like a terrible version of the generation game with the uh, things coming in on the conveyor belt or something. No, oh, maybe I've forgotten that. that right. The, the the different exit, I'm not quite sure how that how that works as well. I mean, where where is that? Is that sort of halfway up or is that almost at the top? But how do they get in and out of the lift shaft to to, to disappear down this um, Yeah,
2: that's not made yeah. very clear,
0: isn't it? Not sure. No. I mean, the ending,
1: it's a bit muddled, the ending, where you get Kent and Salamander at that exit halfway down the shaft, and then Kent sets off the explosion, following which they can still look at the the CCTV of the underground bunker. You'd mm. think the explosion would sort of break all those connections, Yeah, and you'd think that it would kill everyone down there, but it didn't, so that's all right. Mm. But they do spend, you know, sort of a minute or so... With a bit of exposition of uh, Astrid saying, "But what about the people down there? And will we, how will we get to them I later? Promise we'll them, I them promise them. I promise them. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. It's as if she's saying, you know, look, the viewers are going to be wondering, so we have to talk about it right yeah. now, yes. and then we can end the story. It, it,
0: it does perhaps suggest a, a late rewrite when the actors are uh, sort of uh, hanging around, act, and saying, hang, hang on a minute.' <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what happens to what happens to us?
2: What happens to us <laughs> i say yes.
1: my character doesn't have a resolution yeah. mm.
2: you mentioned about uh, farrier's death before briefly and i think that yeah. that's part of that's part of the scene the um uh, the guard captain and his barely held contempt for um bennick all the way through the story he basically mm. gives him all sorts of dirty looks most of the time throughout the whole story um uh, this is one instance where it is also when um, I think there's another instance where uh, he's um, saying that he's going to torture um, Jamie and Victoria and he looks at him as if he's about to go, yeah right mate um, it just doesn't seem to like him very much at all and I thought that was an interesting touch, it's just something it's a facial thing rather than anything there, I'm sure it's probably scripted that way but I just thought that was interesting and various sort of Goes out of it fairly quickly after being quite important. All of a sudden, she's just gone, and that's it. So I don't know. What? Do, how did you feel about that, Richard?
0: Yeah, I. It, it it does. It feels like. So see, there's this huge thing with with Farrier turning against Salamander. It does seem to be very to be thrown away a little bit. Yeah. In in that kind of shooting scene, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it it it, it, it kind of. I suppose you get the sense that they are ruthless, Yes. and um, you know anyone who, anyone who turns against will get hunted down. Mm. So it, it, it sort of serves the story a bit. Yeah, I, I alluded to it before, but you get these different variations of the Doctor be pretending to be Salamander. So he, he's not very good at persuading Bennick, I think, but but he takes Giles Kent right in. Mm. But then I suppose Giles Kent hasn't been with Salamander for. Um, a few years so maybe that makes more sense yeah. that, that he's the one who doesn't recognise him so much I thought it was interesting how he managed to convince Bruce
1: straight off the bat having only seen Salamander in you know one video clip mm. to get his his behaviour towards Bruce mm. to yes. such a realistic degree
0: yeah he must have been guessing mustn't he he, 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 he would yeah. have to guess what kind of a character Salamander was which yeah, because he instantly starts bullying Bruce. Yeah. Um, but and that doesn't necessarily come out of the clip. And 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 it and it does yeah. does tend to t- tend to cut across the view that um you were discussing earlier that, that that you know the doctor's trying to gather all this evidence to see whether Salamander is indeed a bad man and yet he seems yeah. immediately assumes that he must be the kind of bullying type. Although maybe that is generic of people who are in charge, I don't know. Yeah. And then Bruce does mention
1: at the end of episode three to Salamander, you know, you were a bit strange in uh, you know, yeah. Kent's office. Yeah. Honestly, mm. but obviously, it was not strange enough for him to, no. to question it at the time. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. No. The captives down below they get a chance to have some dinner in episode six. So I mean, at least they've ah, yes they <laughs> thought. I mean, you know, it's not it's not just that there's all those strange cardboard boxes, but they do get to uh, tuck in briefly. Mm. Um, you know which you don't get you don't get me- well in fact, you get quite a lot of food in this one, don't mm. you? you get um uh you get quite a lot of food in episode three as well
2: yeah yeah De- denish gets some steak um before he dies yeah,
0: yeah. and there's yeah. a lot of talk of kaiser
1: puddings and rubber mm. chicken yes and, uh, <laughs> yes a feeling yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah thinking about it um ambassadors of death there's a similar kind of death for the um the, you know, scientist gets brought his dinner, and it's got, but it hasn't. Isn't dinner? It's a radioactive element in it. Yes. So, so David Whitaker maybe, well, if if David Whitaker indeed wrote that bit, uh, maybe maybe um, has a, a, an interest in that kind of thing. Mm. You know, poisoning or or exposure, or whatever. Death by dinner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. Colin has his hero moment when Astrid arrives. No, no, chaps, don't don't attack Astrid. You know, I can't I, I can't remember precisely what what the score is. Where's Colin from? He, he he doesn't sound very Australian either, does he? Maybe maybe these are kids who are going to save the world. They've been picked out from uh, from across the world by Salamander rather than rather than from uh, the locality. Yeah, so the, the underground base
1: that's in Australia as well, and none of them are Australian.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. It's it's only been partly thought out, I think. Yeah,
1: they must have just brought them all over from England because I don't know. Maybe the English are best at causing uh, volcanoes. Who
0: knows? Oh right, volcanologists, maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact volcanoes. there aren't any volcanoes in England, yeah, or Australia.
2: <laughs> Plenty of extinct yeah. ones, though. <laughs> yeah,
0: it
1: is clever how they managed to cause volcanoes in Hungary from Australia.
0: And remarkable, yeah. Way, it? yeah. It's, a bit, it's a bit like the gravitron, isn't it? In that regard, it is a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's terribly clever in the future. Oh yes. Mm. A bit like the ioniser, which gets to mention mm. at the beginning.
2: But they need to travel mm. by T-mat too. It'd be even quicker than the rocket. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. So Salamander cleverly, when he tries to to uh, pretend to be the Doctor, doesn't actually open his mouth, or just mumbles at Jamie. Hmm. So he, he doesn't have to try and do a, uh, a Troughton impression. Or a, yeah, a, we never a see Salamander
1: impression. actually impersonate the Doctor's voice. No. no. Probably just as well. Yeah. Although I would like to see Troughton yes. pretending to be Salamander, pretending to be the Doctor.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think <laughs> that would have been an interesting acting assignment. And I think Troughton would have been up to it yeah. in some way anyway. <laughs> and then very, 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 very hurriedly he's dragged off into the Vortex. Yes. So you don't you, you don't get much of a confrontation. No, there's that great shot. No, well it was.
2: Yeah, there's that great split yeah, screen shot. Yeah, that's the one shot yeah, with the two of them. That's mm. that's really good actually. That yeah, one. that's one that you get. Well, wasn't it
1: a case of um, they had planned more split screen shots, but yes. they had problems with the camera, so it was
2: just the one. Yeah. But the one they had is effective, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're going to use it once, might as well use it. Really well, I guess.
0: The the yeah. first time I thought saw it, I thought it was a bit rushed. But actually, this time round, when I was expecting it, I, 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 you know, it tells a story effectively. I mean, it's, it, it, as you say, yeah. it's it, it's, a, it's a little rushed, but it's not um, it's not the end of the world.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah. Have you read the uh, recent comic book of uh, the Return of Salamander in the the John Pertwee era?
0: I haven't. No. T- t- oh. do, do tell us all.
1: Well, I, I read it from the library, I think, what was it? I could look up what it was called, I forget what it was called. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it was billed as, like, uh, Patrick Troughton and John Pertwee's Doctor meet mm. in the John Pertwee unit mm-hmm. on Earth. But, you know, spoilers, but it turns out it's Salamander who survived falling right. into time vortex, like, uh, met some aliens and that sort of thing. Mm. So... It is interesting to me that they can always come up with uh, new ways of bringing back these characters who right. seem to have defined fate.
2: Salamander. Yeah, the return
1: of Salamander. Salamander's
2: indestructible. He must be like Captain Scarlet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He survives yeah. getting blown up. It's a I- time vortex. Yeah. Amazing.
1: And I think if you are going to bring back Salamander, then comic book is a good way to do it. Yeah. That way yeah. you don't have to hear him on Big Finish or
0: anything like that. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I wonder if I wonder if um, if Fraser Hines could do his impression of of Salamander. That's what I was wondering. But um, <laughs> I wonder if they'd go for that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the comics, in the comic book, then does uh, does Salamander impersonate the Doctor? Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Oh well. Yeah. So that would have been interesting. Yeah. Mind you, he's had he's had time to think about it at this Yeah. Although actually, yeah. he doesn't meet the Doctor until the very end, so he's not going to have a lot of material to go on, is he? No.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing I was wondering: how how aware of the Doctor is Salamander throughout the story?
0: He knows there's somebody impersonating him because he's told that it w- it was you or yeah, somebody like yeah, you. Yeah, Bruce. Like you. Bruce tells him <laughs> at the end of episode three. Yeah, and, it, and yeah. it's a beautiful uh, cut away to camera. I mean, it's classic Doctor Who. I mean, it, it, it had to be the the episode ending. Mm. It was you or. Someone like Someone you, like
1: <laughs> brilliant. Yes. Incidentally, it was called the Heralds of Destruction. That, uh, oh right, that comic strip. Okay. Yes, by Paul Cornell.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, Paul. Oh well, I mean, yeah. I, I, I am. You, you've made me interested to, to to look at it. I mean, I won't. I know that I won't because I, I yeah. never have time for anything. <laughs> but I think Salam- Salamander and Paul Paul <laughs> Cornell is a particularly good draw. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, you never you never know. I, I might really get around good. to it over Christmas. Mm. Yeah, and in the Pertwee era. It's, yeah. it, it, it's all sounding good. It, it is actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Incidentally, while the DVD was in the uh, recorder, I had another look at um, Phil Morris uh interview on it. On the special edition? On the special edition. No. Uh, I mean it, it is, I guess pretty much what I remember. The only two things I guess that, that came out of it was he doesn't tell the station manager story, or at least if he does, it ends up on the cutting room floor because Vanessa's is not having that on the D V D. So so yeah, so so the BBC obviously not prepared to stand behind that one. And then this Odd discussion of evil of the Daleks right at the end, which again does seems to come out of nothing I mean I look i mean i, I, I I'm, I'm not going to start suggesting that that Morris knows anything about evil of the Daleks um, and its whereabouts, but it is it is just an odd bit of placement in there and, and, and that kind of half smile be, be, before the uh, interview ends mm-hmm.
1: yeah I don't know what you can say about it <laughs> who really knows who knows eh <laughs> who he knows. knows? Maybe that's why he smiled. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Only Phil. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. Although, yeah, you you do wonder why they would leave that part in. If it's not, you know, not informative, it was just a bit of speculation, wasn't it? A bit about Evil of the Daleks that he
0: was talking about. Mm. Mm. Maybe they know something we don't. I think it's just, I mean, I, I, I ah, have to presume ah, it's just really? whimsical. But it, considering what else may have ended up on the cutting room floor, it's odd that they, they left that particular bit in. Mm. And the only other bit that was interesting is you get um, Venezes talking to somebody off camera while looking through one of the episodes, either web or enemy, I forget which. And he says, remember ep- enemy episode one? That took an hour. and it And it is... The odd part is that if if we're to believe the 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 narrative, I mean, there's no reason why we wouldn't believe the narrative. But I mean, that they all all the expe- film inspections took place on either that one day or maybe two days. So to say, remember, if you know, if, if at most it happened yesterday, seems a, a strange way of putting it. Unless, of course, he examined enemy one earlier on when he was at Phil Morris's house. I don't know. It, it it just stuck out to me as a slightly odd bit of language. But then. There's been a lot of odd language around the Missing Episodes <laughs> thing and it hasn't really taken yeah. us anywhere, has it? Yeah.
1: Has anything really been going on recently in the Missing Episodes
0: sphere? I've not been into it for a number of months. Genuinely, no. No, I mean, there, there was there was interest, I think, in yeah. Missing Beliefs Wiped. There was a Patrick Troughton drama that came up, but nothing else. Oh, yes. I
1: remember it was at um, the screening of Walk. At the BFI, mm-hmm. uh, the, the presenter said, and be sure to come along to Missing Believe of White. There's a brand new long lost Patrick Troughton
0: drama coming up. No. So I was
1: hoping they were going to say Doctor Who episode, but
0: yeah. no. And some people have, have read something mm. into the launch of, of Brit Box, but I must say that certainly <laughs> uh, piqued my interest in any way. Uh, well, maybe we'll get did. another reconstruction. Yes, it's, it's. I think I think that space. is possible. Uh, the wheel in space reconstruction definitely is a possibility. Yeah, mm. I, th- I think so.
2: They mm. they did that just for BritBox in the UK and the US. Sorry, so yeah, I think that's a distinct possibility. Does anyone know
0: why? Um, who knows? <laughs> I suspect it was a an experiment mm. that proved not very interesting to anybody. Right. because the may, loose cannon reconstructions are superior. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. But so the animations are looking good. Yes, yes. So I, I was in the Excel Centre, what, a couple of months ago now, I guess, when they announced the Fury from the Deep mm. animation. And I think the fact that they have two sets of animators now is is, is definitely an excellent way forward. Also, yeah. I, w- I was very impressed with the work that Gary Russell's team from Australia and India um, are, are doing on the Fury from the Deep uh, mm. you know, that they were able to show. So... I, you know, I always liked the the Planet Fifty Five animations when they were doing those, and I think this is more in that mould than than the the ones we've seen from the UK. But then mm. also looking at looking at the um, faceless ones, I think the new team looking after that, I think is maybe taken a slightly different direction from Macro, and they seem to be more faithful to the original story than uh, than the Macro one was. So I, I, I think I'm you know I'm hopeful about both.
1: So how much of a new team is it? For a Faceless One,
0: from
2: Macra. it's just Rob Ritchie sort of running the show now, isn't it, rather than well, Charles. Well, no, but
0: it's it. it no, this. I, 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 I was hesitating because I can't remember her name, but um, it, there's there's the Irish lady who's in charge of it. Oh yeah, so yeah, So Rob yeah. Ritchie yeah. is part mm. of the team. Mm. But she's what she, Annabelle, Annalie, I forget something, something like that. Um yeah. So she is, I think, holding the 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 reins. Amory, that's what she's called. Amory.
1: Yeah, I heard she took over from from Charles Norton. I'm just not yeah. sure how many people overall are actually involved in this
0: things. Oh, it's a handful. I mean, uh, the, yeah. the 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 um, the the big finish one. There's there's a cast of thousands, uh, as far as I can tell, in in India. But with the English team, I think it is a college industry. Mm. Right. Well, when I say cast of thousands, I don't really mean that. But it, but it's a, I think it's yep. certainly a, a larger scale. Not for sure. Mm. Faceless ones must be coming out
1: March for Faceless Ones. Faceless you? ones. March. Is that coming out? Right, March, March.
2: Yeah, I believe March. And July, possibly for Fury, I think is June, July, I think is what they've... English summer, mm. I think they said.
0: Yeah. And I, I think there must be an expectation after that of maybe two a year, which which would see us mm. through the remaining missing yep. stories in, in a reasonable time frame. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully get them on the... Uh... Blu-ray box sets coming out as well. Mm. Well, that would be excellent, wouldn't it? I mean, it it, it would Mm. appear to, it would seem like a travesty if if they produced the box sets for those eras without any representation of the the missing episodes. Yeah. Mm. I mean, certainly, I I, personally, I've I've given up on seeing any further missing episodes in any reasonable time frame. So, so I think animations must be the way forward. Sadly, me too. Yeah.
1: Well, I intend to maybe see some in my old age. That's, that's yeah, been a long way off. Because I, 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 sort of intend to outlive all the private collectors who uh,
0: have them. All. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah, so I think that's a perfectly reasonable expectation to have. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, yeah, uh, I think at some point some of these things must pop out. Mm. For that reason, I mean, some of them will probably pro- probably get lost with the people who die, but 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 some of them are, uh, you'd, you'd think would 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 reappear. Hmm. Yeah, Mike and I have got a a, a a more a more interesting more limited time span. I mean, you know, I'm hopeful for another 30 odd years yet, so you never know. Hmm. Well, we got some for the 50th anniversary, so yes. maybe
1: by the 100th anniversary we'll get some
0: more. Hmm. Maybe. I think I I think that is a little bit beyond my time frame though. Ah. <laughs> I, I I'll be uh, I'll be 95. Uh, for the for the hundredth, uh, so I think that that is possibly a little bit optimistic. No. Uh, well, Will Russell is uh, ninety five. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's very true, very true. Yeah. Should we? Uh, should we have a chat about the pilot? Yep, yep. I mean, I'll say off off the bat. I remember being, I mean, neither hating it nor loving it, but not being particularly excited by the pilot when it first landed. Yeah, but but Ooh. re re watching it this time, I quite liked it. And I think perhaps perhaps that's an expectation thing. I mean, perhaps go back to it thinking, "Oh, this is going to be a dull watch." Uh, actually, no, yeah, it's all right. Uh, and, and so I left it feeling, no, yeah, it was all right.
2: Yeah, it's funny that I thought about it in conjunction with what came later, and it seemed okay uh, at the time. It was a bit, yeah, a bit so-so, as far a bit like you. But going back, I thought, oh, it's it's not bad. So I'm not sure. What what did you think, Kieran? Oh, I enjoyed
1: it. Um, this was a couple of years ago now, 2017. Yeah, I'd just come out of school, I'm uh, starting new work. Yeah, I, th- I just thought it was like quite refreshing that it was sort mm. of a, a new beginning for the show as well. It was a jumping yeah. on point. Mm. Yeah. So for me personally, where I was in my life, it sort of teed up with her because I was also sort of bored with the Clara storyline yeah. before that, which yeah. I enjoyed enough, but. I think it went too long. That's all.
0: Mm. Agreed. Uh,
1: yeah, it was a good seek. Capaldi with a new companion. Mm. Uh huh. And I liked Matt Lucas as well. Yeah. Which was a divisive sort of character, I seem to recall.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I, 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 I think in this one, Matt Lucas he doesn't he doesn't get he doesn't appear all that much, but he whatever he does is 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 well acted, and it seems he's got a believable character. I think. And and mm. you know, nice nice comic relief at times. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like what he says after Bill gives the. It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside line. He says, "We got there, and they have a handshake." <laughs> I like yeah, because she yeah. delivers the the classic line after yes. coming up with all these yes. uh, oddball questions. Yeah. that's right. It's that She thinks yeah. it's the
2: lift yeah. and various other things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: You yeah. 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 can go anywhere in the university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was a nice line actually yeah and mm. in, in, in fact it, it it's uh, it's a it's very accomplished bit of work from uh, from Stephen Moffat the, the all the the funny lines and, and the, the fact that time passes and you, you get you know sort of several months compressed into a single st- story it, it, it's it's moffat working at at, um, at the at the height of his powers i think and using his sort of sitcom background for some nice dialogue mm.
2: now, what did you think about bill even when I saw this the first time I saw this I actually quite liked the character of Bill and I found her quite engaging mm. um, certainly different from Clara who I guess all of mm. us probably got a bit tired of towards the end but I yeah, actually mm. quite in this episode in particular I thought it was quite a good introduction for Bill because yeah, she's quite likeable and you think oh yeah um, what, what did you think
1: yeah I, I like Bill I think over the course of the episode you get you know we're told a lot about her, her backstory yeah her family, and and I like what the doctor did for her Christmas yes, present—getting yes. an old photograph yes. showing that you know family meant a lot to her.
2: Yeah, and it sort of uh, weaves into the the, sto- the whole theme of the thing about reflection because there's the reflection of him in the, in yeah. the mirror. In, in mm. one of
1: them, although you do wonder, it's it sort of left hanging whether she actually, you know, picked up on that. Yeah, because there's the where we see that it's the doctor in the mirror yeah. and that reflection. There's a sort of zoom in on her face and then on on the picture. Yeah. You don't get a scene where she addresses it. No. No. And then, you know, later on where she finds out that the Doctor's a time traveller, you'd think she might bring it Mm. up then if she noticed it. But uh, sort of left hanging, that one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of wish that they hadn't made a big thing about Bill's character being gay before the... Episode came out because it's a, it's actually handled relatively lightly in in this particular one anyway. Mm. Yeah, you know you sort of come to a, a, a realization over the course of the of the program, and I think you know going into it knowing that then those little touches didn't really help you. But if, but if you hadn't known then then I, then I think it was it was quite nicely handled.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, it's because it's handled quite normally. Yeah,
0: and because it's a very normal
1: thing, yeah. so it didn't really need to be. Yeah, you know, several articles about it. At the time, yeah,
2: no, no. Nah. Nah. And it's certainly handled much better in a first story than later, where Moffat seems to think that we've forgotten what her sexuality is and he has to constantly try and remind us. It's yeah. like, but, you know, we've been watching it, we know. So, yeah. Hmm. But uh, no, I thought that that well, was really good in this episode, though.
1: Well, I've heard in retrospect people criticising Moffat. People do have problems with the way he writes women occasionally people took umbrage with the way Bill talks about how he fatted uh, you know the <laughs> yeah. woman in line that she gives <laughs> chips to
2: that's just because she was favouring her I think just, uh, mm-hmm.
0: uh, so how do you feel about
1: that Kieran so I'm not really sure where where I, I'm not sure where I stand really yeah yeah because it, you see Bill sort of talking about the perversion and then she realizes she she had fatted her mm-hmm. uh, you know taking credit for it, whether that's you know, appropriate or not, not sure, yeah, then short you know doesn't the character doesn't you know appear again that no you know, mm. the girl in line, no. so I suppose she lost interest you know after she fatted her, i don't know
0: mm. yeah i mean i so so i I, I kinda know what you're talking about that the, the mm. it feels like she's she's just come she's come to a realization well okay i'm not so so I'm not sure if she's deliberately feeding her more chips. To make her fat, to stop, to stop whatever's going on, or if she just gives him more chips because she likes her, and then over time she becomes fatter as a result of which the attraction drops off, and she's just coming to that realization. I, I, I yeah, have, I, I, I think it's the second one. Right.
2: I don't think she's doing it deliberately. Yeah. It's just she's favouring her. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. In which, in which case, I don't think that there's all that much in it. But then, of course, I'm, I'm more of the kind of Moffat demographic than the. Build demographic. You're 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 sort of nearer in age to the character, Kieran. So, so I mean, yeah. you, you you may have uh, more modern sensibilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something I've seen people talk about. And I yeah, yeah. it's certainly
1: not something I thought of at the time. But um, you also got to consider maybe the the, the woman just you yeah. know wanted to be fat. It wasn't the chips. You know, could have been anything. She just likes chips. But,
2: Lots of chips. well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely right, Kieran, you know, rights for, um, you know, to, for the for someone to have the body shape that they're happy with, absolutely. That's right. Quantum physics, the same thing as poetry, of, because of the rhymes, apparently. Mm. It's a nice line, I don't know quite how true that is. I mean, I, I, I know a little bit about quantum physics, but the, the, the little bit that I know is perplexing. I mean, I, I, I have to say it's one of those things that that works in terms of solving problems, but doesn't really bear much thinking about.
1: Well, I have to say, I I think I know less about quantum physics than I do about beaches, even. So um, <laughs> no, I can't can't speak to it really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's probably not really one of those uh, one of those lines that
0: is funny. Yes,
1: might not stack up, probably. But
0: uh, it's, it's, it strikes me as the sort of thing that Brian Cox would say. Yeah, Qu- quantum physics <laughs> is the same thing as poetry. <laughs> because of the rhymes (laughs) very slowly yeah um and people would say oh my goodness how profound mr cox Uh, and when when um when capaldi says it they say oh how droll mr capaldi with your with your lowland scottish accent Mm. when i say it they just say oh what an ignoramus (laughs) i like uh, the doctor becoming bill's tutor that's uh, again it's it's handled very very nicely Mm. um well, I mean, mm. is it nicely? I mean, he kind of impo- imposes himself upon her, but. but it yes, seems it's to possibly from, it seems a bit to, creepy, really. It seems yeah. to come from a nice place in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, the, when he says, you know, she goes, well, I'm not a student, you can't teach me. And he's like, no, we'll sort all that, that out later. It's like, all right. Mm. No need to be that eager. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what her 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 step her foster mother says, isn't it? You know, yeah, got to watch yourself around then. He says that,
2: mm. Mm. and he's been at the university a very long time. Mm.
1: But again, you say with a uh, Peter Capaldi voice. Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's funny. To think of Capaldi. I mean, I've I um I've I've known of him for a very long time, I remember watching him in uh, Local Hero back in the. Early '80s, so you know he's he's a, an actor that I've been familiar with for a very long time. So when he finally became the doctor in um, in, in the in the 2010s, you've got an expectation of not necessarily what the character's going to be, because Capaldi play, plays lots of different things. I mean, he, you know, he, he is an actor, but uh, you know, it's certainly certainly an interesting person to bring to the role. And it feels like this, but this season is 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 the best of his. He, he's playing a warmer character. The, the 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 two previous ones when he when he's quite abrasive. I mean, although he's he's doing a great job in it, it's it's hard to 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 warm to him all that much because of that. Well, I
1: had never heard of him before his um, casting, which has been the case with all the doctors in the new series, which I always like you know, having a sort of blank slate, not yes. knowing the actor. But I've heard a lot of people saying you know, that they had these expectations having seen him before.
0: So how does it work with the reflection so so you, you she's reflected back, but her face is the right way around, but presumably everything in the background is is that also the right way around but in the right place so that it looks like a mirror reflection it, it um it's never all that easy to understand
2: no, no.
0: I think only it, it, it's a very clever reflection anyway Heather, um notices it because she's got stars in her eyes,
2: so um <laughs> yes, but yeah, that's yeah.
0: What did you think of
2: the Heather romance thing? Um, I wasn't sure about the star. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought it was just really sort of like, where did this come from? One minute they lock eyes in a bar. The next minute they're talking about reflections. And the next minute she's gone after, you know, with her only happy part of the whole episode where she sort of says, promise and that's it um which looks rather radiant um in more ways yeah. than one and yeah and that's sort of like that she's got this obsession with bill and i found that a bit supposed to as um, richard mentioned before it's a whole lot of time condensed down um but yeah. you don't really get that impression because there's nothing to to actually think that there's been any kind of Real interaction between the two of them to sort of start. Yeah, because
1: you see them at the bar. Yeah, but
2: they only lock eyes. You don't see them talking at the bar. No, they just lock eyes. And
0: I'm a bit perplexed about the whole thing because because the bar thing looks very significant. Yeah. Then the next time you see them together, they they appear like they hardly know each other, and they're not really sure of 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 what each other thinks. So so it feels like nothing comes of that moment in the bar. Because when Bill sees her sitting on
1: the the bench uh, outside, she, she still doesn't know her name at that point. No, no. They only no. introduce you know their each other's names yeah. when she's looking at the puddle. Yeah.
2: yeah. And you do see Heather so early on. Are we to yeah.
1: assume that's the first time they really talk? I guess so. I, I think so. Um,
2: you see Heather early on um, sitting behind her in one of uh, the Doctor's lectures, which is the first time you see Heather. Yeah. And it's like, Bill finds out a little bit about Heather, you know, that she wants to run away, or she's always wanting to run away, this, that and the other. But Heather finds nothing out about Bill at all, certainly not from what we hear, except her name, really. Mm. So it's all kind of, yeah, kind of strange.
1: So I always thought she seemed a bit, Heather, Mm. seemed sort of, you know, distracted or possessed by this thing. The whole time, really,
2: seems mm. fairly aloof, doesn't she? Yeah,
1: because yeah. uh, she she had already seen the puddle. Yeah. By the time we we see Bill and Heather first talk to each yeah. other at the bench, yes. Yeah. Uh, so perhaps from that very first uh, time she looked into the puddle, she she changed in some way. Yeah,
2: except for that bit where she smiles, yeah. and that's about the only bit where she's probably yeah. herself. I guess I don't know. Mm. Mm. It's a bit of a odd one that one, and then. What does mm. the Doctor say later? Uh, never underestimate a crush. So, mm. got a crush for some reason, based on, you know, a couple of lines of dialogue and seeing each other in
0: a bar. Oh, well. It's either a very weak crush or it's a very powerful attraction that is not followed it's through. It's called with.
2: Love at First Sight, I think. I think it's, it's deep that's and right. meaningful from um, from uh, Moffat saying that it's about love at first sight because
0: that's about what it is, really. When they first lock eyes. If it were love at first sight, which it appears to be from the way it's presented in the yes bar, they're both remarkably hopeless <laughs> <and> yes, <up>. <laughs> <laughs> but then actually maybe that is that is true to life maybe, maybe. Well, it
2: builds up, so she hasn't yeah. got any yeah. chips to give her, you see, so
0: mm. yeah, she doesn't know what to yeah. do yeah. yeah. So Heather Heather disappears into the puddle and then suddenly starts uh, reappearing in the bathroom.
2: Yeah, that's quite a scary little scene, I thought. That was actually quite well done. I I thought that was okay. Hmm. Like, yeah, it was... So what's going on? You thought it might have been Heather, but it's like, what's what's going on type thing? But Hmm. yeah, I thought that was quite well done. What did you think, Richard? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I I just thought it's uh, I was taken back to The Shining in a way. You know, it's like yes, here's Heather. Yes. Then I said, uh, uh, she's she is a bit drippy though. She was very drippy. Mm-hmm.
1: I like the start, the star in her eye in the sink.
2: Yes. Uh, oh yes. That yeah, dramatic yeah,
1: yeah. zoom in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Digital zoom in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you sort of think, how does that happen? You know? Does that mean how much of her body is physically manifested under the sink there? You know? You think she just all turned to water, but he kept the eye so that she could look up at Bill.
2: I suppose Mm. Mm. we find out a little bit, a little bit more later uh, when she returns. But you don't find out much here. No, she does call her by her her actual name, though, for about the first, the only time at the end of the episode. Mm. She goes goodbye, Bill, and gives her her tears. Yeah, she picked that up that her name was Bill. Mm. Remembered that. Yeah. Do we
1: think much about, you know, the two characters being named, Bill and Heather, a la Bill Hartnell and his wife Heather?
2: Yeah, I'm sure that's deliberate, but yeah, Because I, I
1: read that uh, Stephen Moffat, w- it wasn't deliberate. Really? It's uh, you know, it was a coincidence. <laughs> okay. Mm. Which I didn't believe at the time, because you sort of think, y- you have to know that. Mm. But I think it transpired that Stephen Moffat is not really a big William, well, a, a First Doctor fan. So he, he might not, you know, if we've been aware, might not have occurred to him. Mm.
0: Unless, of course, he didn't think about it, but it was deep in his subconscious. Uh, could, yeah, could could be. Heather always goes with Bill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that can happen. That's happened with Doctor Writers before, so I've heard. I think I think certainly what can happen is you can you, you can write something or you can come up with an idea that you think is original, and then it turns out that actually. Mm-hmm. It's something that 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 you've seen before, but you you you, you didn't realise it. Yeah. Oh, what I'm thinking of is um, <clears throat>
1: there's a line in the caretaker, uh, in the caretaker by uh, Gareth Roberts, which is a lot like a line from uh, the Twin Dilemma that uh, he was asked about, mm. and you know, it just turns out as complete coincidence, but that it, it may well have been subconscious.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So after after um, Bill goes in the t- the TARDIS and she has the moment you described earlier of trying to work out whether it's a, a posh kitchen or a knock through or or <laughs> a, a lift or whatever, we we come to the elephant in the room, which is um, Sydney, yes, and and the bar in Sydney. Yes, I thought you were going to say the elephant in the room of uh, whether the TARDIS has a toilet or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that is the question. Yeah. And what happens when it when the TARDIS goes on its side? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you certainly don't want it mixing with the swimming pool, do you? No. no. no.
2: The the Sydney thing is, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because they obviously didn't go to Sydney to film it. Um, although I think the part of it, <laughs> really, no, no. But I think part of it may oh, have been I filmed <laughs> when they went to when they had that Whistle Stop tour. Remember Capaldi and Jenna right. Coleman? They might have filmed some backdrops yeah. of the, you know, the usual Sydney stuff: Harbour Bridge, Opera yeah. House, and then stitched mm. in with, uh, you know, CSO mm. or whatever it is they use these days mm. to make yeah. it look like Sydney. Um, it looked sunny.
1: Mm. I just assumed it was some sort of stock. They would have stock shots of the Harbour Bridge available, mm.
2: perhaps. But he hides it but for he hides it for a long work. time, doesn't he? Though <laughs> um, he stands mm. in front of it. For a considerable time before we yeah. go, we're in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reveal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like we're probably lucky it wasn't wasn't those volcanoes or that house falling down <laughs> uh. <laughs> or Dungeness power station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I guess a, you could go to any bar anywhere in the UK and find about a, a dozen Australians yeah. in the corner somewhere. So, mm. I, I, you know, I don't think it would be that hard to... Uh... Well,
1: I liked one of the the extras in the background was wearing a yellow and green shirt with the Australian flag on the front. Yeah. Just in case you didn't pick it up. Yeah, Although yeah. it was ju- just before the reveal, I think. So if you're looking right. at the background characters, you'd, you'd know. Oh, mm. Australian. Right. Yeah. Mm. Although it was filmed on in Cardiff Bay. Yeah. Yes, a
0: cafe, you know, just by then. Do you wear attire like that in Australia, or is that only Australians in the UK?
1: No, I think that's uh, people pretending to be Australians. Yes, I think so.
2: <laughs> it's it's Anton's um, clothing of uh, choice, yeah. I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the those three chaps at the beginning of Enemy of the World Part One, you can tell they're Australian because they're dressed like the Wiggle. <laughs> if you Look at the colour photos. <laughs> it's it's their suits are yellow, red, and blue. Oh, are they? Uh, uh, right, right, right. Yep. <laughs> One of the rare, you know, color photos. Mm.
0: That's a, that's a nice little insight. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Kent was wearing purple. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah good, good, good question. It's like those uh, sweatshirts you see in in any university town that that are only for Chinese or Americans, maybe, and you know, nobody actually wears them. Yeah, while they live there.
2: <laughs> it's true. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's to add local flavour or to, hey, this is where we are, really. we Really,
0: we are here. Hmm. Mm. So we have a nice touch that TARDIS only works in the English language, mm. although he doesn't take that anywhere. Yeah. yeah, one of those questions you can
1: bring up and say, hey, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but then you can't answer it. So.
0: Yeah. well, that's I mean, But that's Moffat all over, isn't it? He likes to, to drop those things in and then... Uh, it's like it's like the Blinovich time limit, uh, limitation, isn't it? That um, you know we will mention it, but then some, something suddenly happens in the background. It doesn't give us time to explain, and then we'll move on. Mm, yeah. and we'll come back to it. Explain later. Yeah. Yeah. And then the nice uh, Moffat line: "Hungry looks like evil from the wrong end of the country." Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was good. I
0: like
2: yeah. that. One. Yeah.
1: Do you think your bacon sandwich loves you back?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, what about the Mavellans, then?
2: Well, yeah, that was a surprise, but that's a really sort of fan bit, isn't it? That uh, they land and you see the Mavellans briefly getting shot at. Um, and, of course, the Daleks are back briefly. Well, they were in the trailer as yeah, well. Yeah, we knew that they were coming. Yep. Yeah, But we didn't realise it would be so brief. But
1: yeah, I think the majority of the footage of the Mavellans in the episode was in the trailer. Yeah, I think so. So there was, yeah. there was really nothing more than we thought. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And then Heather turns into a Dalek. Yes. Briefly. Mm. Can't be exterminated.
1: Mm. Yeah, I thought that was a funny visual the Dalek with the, the star in its eye. Mm. Yeah. With the water coming off as I was crying, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: Mm. And that was the scene in there where they had that whole extra scene that they released ahead of time when they announced Bill yes,
0: as, yes. as the companion. Yes. yes, yes, indeed. Friend from the future. Yeah. yeah. And does it actually, I mean, I know they didn't bother to replay it this time, does it actually fit if you were to insert it at that point?
1: Yeah. It's not in the episode, but you can stitch it into the episode and it, it works. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll do it's, that at some point. I
1: think I'm already did at one point. I think yeah, I did yeah. at the time. Like <laughs> yeah, most yeah. people probably. I think I've seen on Twitter a couple of times as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's just a bit of a, a laborious scene to actually have in the episode. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so so probably they chopped it out and thought, No, this is this doesn't work very well, but we could but that's a nice little do we, is, is that how it worked? Or or, or did no, it, it edit it out at the script phase and then just re, remade as a special introduction to, to Bill?
1: Well, I, I believe they filmed it specially. Right. But essentially before the episode yeah. itself. Mm. Right. Because I think Capeldi's hair is different. Yeah. slightly. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think. Yeah. But, you know, all, all the sets are the same. It all fits. So.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then Heather and Bill let each other go. Mm. I suppose it's the only way that it's going to resolve itself. Yes.
1: Yeah. Another instance of the um, bad guy turning out to be not so bad, mm. just once a friend.
2: Yes. Mm.
1: Which does recur around this time, as I
2: recall.
0: Yes.
1: In fact, the next episode is the same. Well, actually, this is series ten. Wasn't there a lot of that in season ten?
0: Well, you've got the. You've certainly got the thing in 18th century London that's. Yeah, the yeah, Big Fish. Yes, just, yes. Big fish, Wasn't and about. also the thing in the. And um, the emoji bot.
2: Yeah, and the one with David Suchet as well.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And in Smile, the. You know, the emoji bots.
0: They're just trying to fix you, yeah. yeah,
1: weren't trying to kill you. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think that's a very valid, you know, storytelling conclusion. Mm. I just think probably overused. It's nice to have a good old fashioned evil from time to time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you. I think in any season you want to mix, and that, that's probably why people get frustrated with Moffat killing people off and bringing them back to life, and with Chibnall letting the the villain walk off into the sunset. It's not. that yeah. It's a problem having it happen once. It's when you see a pattern of it three or four times that you feel less enthusiastic about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. And certainly, the end is sort of like the you know, love conquers all, and everything's fine, and she lets her go, and that's nice. Until mm. the, the last episode of the series.
0: Yeah. I wonder if she'll be back again. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Mm. Mm. Is that why she leads the tears? Yes. Is that a way, is it where we're marking her for later on? Maybe. Well, yes, in hindsight, yes.
1: She even says, you know, the tears, I don't think they're mine.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: And I haven't seen the finale in a while, but that is what happened,
0: isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And then we get the, we get the trailer for the rest of the series with um, Missy the Cyberman and John Sim mm. Mm. still not entirely full bottle on what happened that that whole behind the
1: scenes story of how it leaked slash was put in the trailer that mm. John Sim was coming back mm. but I know there was a big debacle
0: well wasn't it the case that John Sim said something or put it on a profile or it was it was on a there there was some there was something that was not particularly well noticed but it, but it sort of came to light i think and then somebody panicked and thought oh well we just got to let everyone know
1: yeah. i don't think it was john sim you know saying anything he shouldn't have. yeah i think it was something to do with a, a press screening right that they showed the press the fact that john sim was coming back
0: Mm-mm.
1: with perhaps the idea that the press could then tease that there's a returning Right. villain, but obviously, if you're going to tell the press that John Simms is <laughs> back, what they're going to do? Is tell everyone that John Simms coming yeah, particularly back. Particularly if you've got the Sun yeah. or
2: somebody like that there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a room full of
0: reporters are, are well, going to report these things. Yeah, it, it's literally what they're. They're there. going to
2: keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it's a bit strange. Mm. But certainly, when they were filming that finale. They went to a lot of effort to disguise the fact that John Sim was in it.
2: Mm.
1: Yes, um, they did. You know, even on, on location,
0: mm.
1: when John Sim was in his uh, you know, prosthetic. Yes.
0: Mm.
1: Sort of staying in character and not letting on, not advertising the fact that he's there. Mm. Mm. And even though they actually filmed part of the last episode like in a forest somewhere, and there were some very dodgy you know, iPhone photos of you know the Doctor and Missy and the Master. They were so bad quality that
0: no one could tell that it was John Smith. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay, so 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 we we've discussed the obvious Australian themes all the way through, and that, that tied these two things together. Did we see anything else in this that, that that suggested there were connections between the two stories?
2: I think that there's a a quick change of location in both stories uh in certainly in the pilot you've got the doctor's um uh, rooms which look fantastic by the way then you move Mm. to uh the vault then you move to sydney then you move to the end of the earth or wherever it is In enemy of the world is very quickly they're back and forwards from the central european zone to australia again Mm. um by rocket by two hours but uh, we don't really get that impression it's all done very quickly so there is a fairly sort of Quick jump between different areas in both stories. Mm. Australia's only in it briefly in the pilot, so it does not it's not a central mm. component of it, unlike in Enemy of the World. Um, I'm not sure. Mm. What, what, what did you think, um, Kieran?
1: Yeah, I, there wasn't a lot of dramatic similarities, I didn't think. Mm. No mm. global dictator in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, although they take place very close to each
0: other. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, time-wise as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. the The vault, I think, is perhaps the most obvious thing that that you've got. Uh, you've got this, you know, this location where something is. We don't. We didn't get to see what's in the vault in the pilot, but you've got clearly the people locked up in uh, yes. enemy of the world. Yeah. But yes, I mean, I, I, I think, I think there's, simi- there's a similarity in imagined time period, but they look astonishingly different. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as if. One was yes. actually in the sixties, and the other one was was it was in the period that it was supposed yeah. to be. Mm. Although twenty three million years in the future didn't look all that different. I no, <laughs>
1: no, that was a different planet as well. Mm. Mm. I like the effect actually when they're on that planet, the sort of sparkling in the earth that they had there.
0: To... Yeah, yes, yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. Mm. Okay, well, thanks. Um, thanks to the pair of you then for this. This special Australian episode, and for chatting about Enemy and the pilot with me, Kieran, what's yeah. uh, what, what's happening with you? And 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 uh, for those people who've enjoyed listening to you this episode, where can they find more of what you do?
1: Ah, oh, you can follow me on Twitter, Kieran
0: Hyman at the Sixty Six Ramblers.
1: I post Doctor Who colorizations and other random sort of Doctor Who things. Not really up to a great deal at the moment, apart from working on my project that i'm on, in with uh three other Doctor two colorizers to colorize an entire episode of william hartnell's doctor who and that'll be finished and premiere next year somewhere somehow
0: fantastic but yeah that's that's it, about it for me splendid mike it's uh, it's been good to, to have you on again after a period of a number of months yes so and, and how can people get in touch with you if they
2: wanted to well I'm, I'm on Twitter as well I'm at Servo 1968 on Twitter um, I'm always uh, making comments on these episodes as they come out and uh, retweeting them hopefully people uh, uh, take notice of them and uh, yes I'll probably be back for some other episodes at some other time in the future not up to much else at the moment um, just waiting for Christmas like we all are
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotta be hot <laughs>
0: Well, it's not. It's not all that cold in uh, here in uh, Britain either at the moment. Although uh, you know, I, 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 it doesn't look at the moment like we're going to get a white Christmas. Although we never yeah. do.
2: Oh. Uh, we, we're definitely not going. Well, to Well, neither
0: do we. if It's
1: any consolation. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we're getting your weather uh, later in the week, Kieran. So it's um, <laughs> going to be fun. Mm. Oh, well,
1: brilliant. Yep. Mm. Scorchio Aren't we the hottest country in the world just at the moment? I think so. Wow.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, even in the Middle East. Wow. Apparently, today at least. I suppose it's I suppose it's winter in the Middle East, so uh, that probably explains it. What else? So, I uh, if you wanted to get hold of me, um, I'm also on Twitter, Richard off of something who at Richard One J One Smith, and the, we have a, a Twitter handle also for something who that's at something underscore who, and we have. I mean, I could say that we're on Facebook. If I understood Facebook better, then I'd probably make more of a, face, uh, a stab at it. But, yeah, um, we are on Facebook. Yeah, we is, are on Facebook, are who, yes. We are yes. on Facebook, indeed. We've also recently pushed out a end-of-year compilation. Sadly, nothing from this particular episode on it, but uh, a chance to, to, for, for you to, to listen to some of the highlights from something here this year and, and catch up on what we've done. And uh, we'll be back in the new year. We'll be talking about the new series but but probably in 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 the usual context by looking at uh, something from the old series as well and looking at similarities so thanks for, for for tuning in to us please do get in touch and we'll see you again sometime so goodbye from me goodbye from me
1: and it's goodbye from them
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: cheers. cheers thank you ta-ra goodbye <laughs>